the Hit the Light podcast featuring Big Frog and Michael Castleberry is on the air. Covering classic metal and comedy from San Diego, California. So now sit tight and hit the light. The Hit the Light podcast is recorded live and uncensored. Big Frog in particular is not politically correct, so please don't be offended. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hit the Light podcast with me, Big Frog. And, and I'm back in black. That's right. <laughs> sort of. I mean. Back from... Uh, couple of weeks of slaving over people's taxes and getting that big third place uh, showing in the America, Americas. <laughs> I wish, <laughs> In the San Diego Funniest Person Contest at the Madhouse, Mr. Michael Castleberry. Thank you very much. So yeah. You guys are super lucky. That's, uh, That's right. That was the third funniest person that happened to be on that show at that night. That night. Uh, other people had to remind me of that one. It's like, well, you know, past winners are here watching. So, <laughs> Right, right. But, yeah. So how did you feel about the whole experience? How did you feel about coming in third? How did you, know, you feel about it? Um, that was the most fun I have had in a while. Turns out that uh, constantly advancing is way more fun than not. Right. But uh, other, that was my first time getting out of the second round of that contest. Mm-hmm. And there had been dubious circumstances before. I don't want to say it was rigged or anything like that. Or mm-hmm. just, it's a contest, so things can be fucking funky. It, mm-hmm. You know, you get out the best set of the night and still not advance, depending on who votes for their homies. Totally. <laughs> and they start voting against the people, like they vote right. for the, the shitty guys. Right. And um, so I've had those times where I had like a great set and still didn't advance. And you try to shake that off Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. not be like, oh, fuck. Because normally if I have a great set, that's all I need. Right. But I'm also competitive. Right. And um, I remember one year that happening and I didn't. I actually wasn't going to be bent about it until other people kept messaging me, like people that weren't even there. Right. That were like, dude, I heard you got fucked over. Right. Like, just the word spreads, like, dude, Castleberry had a great set in advance. What the fuck happened? Right. That kind of thing. But this time around, I actually didn't technically advance out of the first round. And right. I got into the second round as an alternate and then ended up in the finals, so... You never know what the fuck's gonna happen. Right. With that shit. And, uh, yeah. You know, I've had that happen before too, where, because I never even advanced out of the first round. Mm. Of course, like, after the first time that I didn't advance out of the first round, like you said, and I thought it was, like, shady. Yeah. <clears throat> I really didn't try after that. I yeah. just went up there and did whatever and went over sometimes or whatever. And then I never advanced. Yeah. But I just used it for stage time or whatever. Yeah. Now, this time I, f- I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to try to advance, right? So I put together in nine minutes because that's the thing, too, that people don't really take into consideration is it's not funniest person. It's funniest nine minutes, Yeah. you know? Well, ten in the finals. Ten in the finals. It's you know? one of those things where, like, the first round you get seven minutes and the second round you get eight and right. the third you get nine or something like that. But, yeah, it ends up your the, – the last round you get um, – 10 minutes on that right which is interesting because that's not it's funny because depending on laugh breaks and how you're doing the Mm -hmm. difference between seven minutes of material and nine minutes of material is it a lot yeah Yeah. it's you know so you kind of have to have these 
this stripped down version of your set, right? But then have tags and other stuff that you can go to, yeah. That you can plug back into it if you want to expand your set more, right? Because I have tons of fucking material, but this is pretty much my best seven, my best eight, my best ten type right. of thing. And I kind of I have other stuff that I would have liked to use, mm-hmm. but in a contest setting, maybe it's not the best. Time. Same thing, and it's obviously a good strategy, yeah. Because you know, because it worked out. So, how'd you feel about coming to third? I felt pretty good. That's um, cool. I felt like a lot, a lot of funny people were on that. that oh yeah, final, including you. Yeah, everyone um, was funny on that show. So I felt that I didn't get fucked over or anything like that. Right. I felt like the guy that came in second, he was funny and he brought a fuck ton of people. Apparently, right. yeah, which is dangerous. <laughs> right, you know. Right. Um, I brought a decent amount and. You know, I don't know if that was that was what the turning point was. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it uh, help ended up helping me out that uh, your crew tended to get, right. toss me a bunch of second place votes. Right. It's like, yeah. oh, I didn't place, but good thing Castleberry yeah, placed. Yeah, couldn't, yeah, couldn't hurt. But I was just in the mood of, you know what? Um, I got a podium finish, as they call it, and mm-hmm. it was cool to see, you know, Ryan Hicks win the whole thing. Right. I, I, he's one of those dudes that, you know, I was doing the same mics with him mm-hmm. when, you know, what, not necessarily when I was new, new, because I think he showed up in San Diego when I'd been doing it for about a year. Mm-hmm. But I was running open mics and stuff when he was first popping up. Right. And he's gotten so fucking good compared to what he was when he first started. Right. That it's it's cool to see it. You know, and he's a super nice guy. Yeah. And I know, I still don't know if it hinders or helps him the fact that Bill Hicks is his uncle. Right. Or was his uncle. Because people kind of have that, oh, well, you know. I think I think if people, like, naturally hated on him, then they would hate on him more. Yeah. But I don't think people naturally hate on him because, like you said, he's a nice guy. Mm-hmm. He works hard. He's fucking good. You know, so, so yeah. Uh, but, but if... If there was the seeds of hate, yeah. that shit would blow it up yeah. way more, you know. Like, and maybe um, it does for some people. You never know. You never know. It it could go either way. It could be the seeds of hate being like, oh well, of course he's fucking getting all the breaks. His right. role's a comedy legend. Right. On the other hand, you get the people that this is their the closest they get to greatness. Is yeah. But exactly. Up to yeah, there, there could be there could be any of those things. So at the end of the day, I'm glad that uh, like I'm glad it was him and not somebody else. Not some random ass. Yeah, dude. and I'm glad it was you up there and not somebody else. But at the end of the day, I wanted to fucking win. Yeah, you know, and so it kind of and and I kind of like I brought a bunch of people. I've I figured if I had a good set, I had a good chance, and I had a good set, mm-hmm. um, and whatever, whatever. But at the end of the day, it was like I really thought I had an outside chance of winning, and I wanted to win. Yeah. So it kind of worked out best for everyone because I would have kind of been up there if I came in third or second. I would have been up there still mad. <laughs> so it's kind of worked out better that yeah. that you know that you got it. You were happy. Yeah. And it was cool. So well, I figured third out of like out over of, 150 yeah. comics was not pretty, bad. It was a pretty fucking good showing. Right. 
Now, they never told us who, how we finished, the rest of us. So yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and assume I finished fourth. There you go. Right? Because <laughs> I, mean, I, was probably, I was pretty actually shocked I didn't finish in the top three. They actually, um, My wife noticed it that the, uh, the um, envelope that they gave everybody that had their prize money in it had a tiny little number at the bottom of it. So, oh, really? So mine had a tiny little three on the bottom. Ah, because I don't think mine did. Yeah. But you know what? It might still be around, and I'll look it up. Because I didn't ask. Yeah. I could have asked. Now, but, at the same time, yeah. if it isn't fourth, do you really want to go fourth? No, up? not really. I mean, like, you know, I'm, I'm real Ricky Bobby about it. You know, if yeah. you ain't first, you're last. Yeah. You know, so I just like whatever. If it's fucking, I mean... If I fucking finished eighth, then I would fucking think it was fucking rigged. And then I would fucking, you know. But I doubt it is that what it happened. Is. Yeah, no. And, and you know what? And like, <clears throat> I wasn't really all about it because at, afterwards, you know, like Lonnie had a bunch of questions for me and, mm -hmm. and other people had questions for me. And I really didn't know what the rules were. Yeah. You know, I mean, if I was like really all about it, I would have been studying them fucking rules and finding out, you know. Yeah. But um, like I know, like a lot of the comics had ballots. Yeah. And I know them motherfuckers ain't got no money. So I don't know, <laughs> you know, what that was all about. But whatever. It's all good, man. It, at the end of the day, like it was a positive experience, you know. Yeah. Um, I think our names got out there a little bit more. You yeah. know, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah, it was fun. Um, you know, overall, it was a positive, like I said, overall, positive experience. Yeah. It was cool. Um, I didn't, you know, I didn't have one of those situations where I, you know, like I've had that before. I was in like the second round and invited like, Roxy's family and shit like that mm -hmm. and then did an event so you look like a fucking chump. Right. Type of thing. Yeah. And it's, you know, and Roxy, she's very much happy to not have to go to a show for a minute. Yeah, um, you know. But Lonnie's happy not to have to see me do that same shit again. Yeah. You know, because I'm going to move on to new shit now. Yeah. There's that whole, that whole thing where, you know, for her, she's very protective of my image mm -hmm. to an extent when it comes to her friends and family. Right. Um it's been a little bit easier these days now that I have like an, a full-time job. I just got accepted in SDSU. Right. You're not shit a like, loser. Yeah, shit like that. Mm -hmm. And I got into the finals of the, the San Diego's Funniest Person contest. Yeah, everything's going good. When I was unemployed and doing bar shows with three people there, yeah, it's real fucking hard to sell me yeah. as a, as hey, a, no, he's got an upside. Right. It's like they go to that and they're like, yeah. I mean, he's funny, but he yeah. seems like he's like on the loser end of the spectrum of comedy. Right. You know? Yeah. But and these El Cajon people don't seem to like him that much. Yeah. Or these four people. But yeah. Uh, yeah, that's like, you know, take him to Winston's when it was empty type of thing. Or the one time I, uh, uh, I did a contest at the palace and it was, uh, <laughs> I don't know why I tried this shit, but it was a clean comedy contest. Oh, Lord. And it was like a, yeah, but here's the thing. It was ran by uh, Brandon Young. I remember him. And he's clean, clean. All the way. So this wasn't TV clean that I can pull off. This yeah, was church like churchy clean. clean. Yeah. I had to figure out how to do my set church clean. Mm -hmm. And I kind of waffled through it. I think I ended up placing like fourth or something in that mm -hmm. thing. And they had like the top three move on. I don't remember how it exactly went. But Roxy was just like 
church clean is not your thing. No. It's like you had to think about your set way too much up there. Yeah. Like normally your stuff's pop, 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 right. pop. It's like you were, you could tell you were thinking about your verbiage. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, and, and uh, for, for me too, that's, you know, because yeah. I just like, I just fucking say this on the way to fucking saying that. You yeah. know, I don't, it's like there's, there's yeah. fucks in there without me even putting them in there. Yeah. So, so uh, other fun stuff. I mean, you got to talk about it when you did your solo thing, but I didn't get to talk about going to see Kiss on well, the, that's right. the end of the road tour. Yes. And, it, you know, Kiss was a nice bonus. I was actually there for the painter. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. The painter is awesome. He that, did the best Richie Estrada I ever saw. Yeah. Well, my <laughs> favorite thing about that was, um, I mean, it was cool, that opening thing, I guess, mm -hmm. if you're into watching a dude paint fast right. to music. Right. But, like, I don't know. I mean, at the same time, that was fucking... It, it was kind of fucking whack for an opening act. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather see a band. Yeah. You but know, for sure. I think Kiss is at that point where they didn't want the chance of some act upstaging them. Right. Like, no one's going to leave going and be like, fuck, man, that painter. Yeah, man, he really, blew him away. He really blew the Kiss off the stage. Huh? <laughs> but um, the best part of that was because you'd gotten up to, like, go to the head or something like that when you told me because mm -hmm. I thought there's no opening act at all and right. you just found out my brother come back with beers yeah. and he sits down I was like oh I just found out there's actually an opening act he's like yeah. cool what is it and I said it's a rock and roll painter and yeah. he had the, the look on his face Yeah, he's like what the fuck are you fucking kidding me I was right. like I wish dude we're gonna see what happens and yeah. then uh, uh, I've, that, that whole time I was trying not to fucking heckle the painter yeah I yeah. think I yelled out once because I fucking made Roy laugh a little bit because right, right when he started, I yelled, I hope he uses blue. <laughs> <laughs> and then when he, I was like, oh shit, he's going into his deep cuts with orange. Yeah. You know, that kind of shit. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's funny because, um, I had seen a dude do that on TV before Yeah. and he painted Hendrix. Yeah. And so I said, I bet you he's going to paint Hendrix. Yeah. It might've been the same dude. Yeah. But it seemed like a long time ago, but I never know how long ago things yeah, are. Yeah, fucking time has no meaning. Yeah, nah, nah, I don't think so. But uh, the actual show itself, it was cool. Yeah. Um, I kind of, I got into it, and I kind of got in it to the point where I knew what I was getting myself into, and I let myself not give too much of a shit that there's probably God knows how many backing tracks. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, that... There were very obvious moments where there's a backing track. Right. And it's like, you need to have better camera work. If you're going to have a backing track for Gene singing, mm -hmm. and he's very clearly off mic or something, or mm -hmm. there's bass playing when he's not touching his bass. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But I don't know. It was it was still cool. I, I'm glad I got to see him on their first farewell with the original four members. Mm -hmm. Um I felt like this this version of the band, they played enough of their catalog that I was able to enjoy it a little bit more because mm -hmm. the last time I saw them, it was pretty much strictly, except for one song, it was strictly like the 70s material right. type of stuff. With right. The, with the exception, well, there are two songs that I think they did, uh, War Machine and then that uh, 
Hide Your Heart song. Mm-hmm. That for some reason they got. I don't like that play. song. I don't know why they got. Such I don't a, know why they got to play that shit. They have a real boner for that one. Like, yeah, but um, other than that, it was all seventy shit. And this right. time they still played fucking Hide Your Heart for some reason. Yeah, but they uh, they delved into more eras. Right. And I was able to dig it a little bit more. That's cool. Because uh, Tommy playing other shit that's not Ace's shit, it felt a little more acceptable mm-hmm. for some it reason. It was better. Yeah, it was better. Um, One thing that I learned from that shit is that I really should not get Lonnie on to uh, fuck that guy trip. Uh-huh. Because her fuck that guy is way stronger than my fuck that guy, right? <laughs> so when I fucking got it, man, fuck that guy. Yeah. He ain't no fucking ace, whatever, whatever, whatever. I just expected like, yeah, you know, fuck that guy. Oh no, she fucking takes fuck that guy to a way fucking. Yeah. Bad. He fucking sucks. He fucking the guy from Camp Land is better than him. <laughs> you know, it's just like fucking. That's uh, funny. Yeah. So um, the guy from Camp Land. <laughs> So it's like, um, you know, and, and in a sense, like like you said, I really didn't try to allow myself to fall into because the climactic parts for me, which were the solos, mm-hmm. would become anticlimactic parts. Yeah. So I really just kind of fucking didn't just go there. I just like, you know, yeah. whatever. But, and it was cool, man. I'm glad I went. You know, yeah. it, uh, it was cool. One funny thing that happened because I'd never seen it happen before. And this was after. I seen an outside guy selling shirts get busted. Huh. Yeah, cause, which I had never seen, but I, it doesn't surprise me if Kiss has a higher anti, yeah. you know, police uh, presence for that shit. No but sure, yeah, yeah, I saw a dude, as he was trying to sell his shirts, get busted. Yeah, where were the fucking cops when, like, dude, there was like a gauntlet of those motherfuckers when me and my brother were trying to get back to the car because oh, yeah. we decided to take the stairs down to the level we're at because everybody's fucking mobbing right. the uh, elevators. Right. And at, posted at every fucking stairwell was one of these dudes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. no. Yeah. I, I don't want your cheap-ass bootleg Oh, I shirt. got one. I got one. I usually uh, this isn't one. Yeah. This is a. Uh, I actually got this on Groupon. Yeah, <laughs> I usually get a. I, me and my brother used to do that. We'd get like a, a bootleg shirt every time we went to a show. For yeah. some reason, I just didn't want one. Um, yeah, and uh, I had fun. I thought it was a good set list they had. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, at that point in your career, there's always going to be something that you're going to be like, oh, they should have fucking played. Blah 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 blah. Well, for sure. Um. I will say this. Uh, this is a thing I, I kind of realized I didn't like much because I they didn't do it the second time I saw Kiss, so it wasn't really an issue. Um, although when I, the second time I saw Kiss, Tommy was singing "Fucking Shock Me," so I was like, "Oh, he's yeah. singing Ace's song." Oh, shit, that should never happen. But this time around, they didn't do that. But I don't particularly like Beth. But yeah. that's that's Peter's song, man. Yeah. It's fucking weird to have all the drummers sing Beth. Yeah. You know, and I don't know. It seemed a little, that seemed like one of those things that, you know, maybe you surprise the people at the end and bring Peter out. 
and like yeah, a something. bath or some shit because hide him under the stage or something. Right. You know, because we're all hoping that Ace is going to show up and then he went on his fuck kiss yeah, tangent yeah, right yeah, before yeah. they were in San Diego and I was like, well, that ain't happening. Right. But as far as I know, Peter and them are on okay terms. Like, right. Peter doesn't talk shit really. Yeah. He's never seen like the shit talker. He's just did his own thing. Right. But it was kind of weird having... Having Eric play uh, play Beth, yeah, played a, he played the actual piano for it. Which right. The only thing I've never he, seen that before. I the, guess they made him take lessons. <laughs> yeah, I think the reason for that is because like there's so many people who have like that one favorite Kiss song, mm-hmm. and for some people it's Beth. Yeah. So that's why I think they fucking feel like they have to play it. Yeah. You I know? understand it, but it's so weird. Yeah. You know, it is, it is weird. Because that was, at their time, that was our big hit. Right. And Peter, I guess, got a big head about that because that was his song. Right. Like, I wrote the biggest hit in Kiss. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah. That's a pretty good one to hang your hat on. Um, I th- you know, I find that I'm just not a- as offended by fake Peter as I am by fake Ace. It's just, I just, it's just not. that could just be uh, because you're a guitarist and yeah. not a drummer. Yeah, that could be it. And, I think uh, it's the fact that, uh, uh, well, I think there's also the fact that, um, like we've talked about that before, that Eric has that cred of having been in the band prior. Right. Where, I mean, he was in the non makeup right. years, so he was in the band. Right. Just, All it was was put makeup on. Yeah, it was, here's Eric's, well, I mean that and wear a fucking black wig or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of funny about it because when they hired him, they were even like, oh, is, is, are the fans going to accept a blonde person in Kiss? Right. Because everybody always had dark hair. Black hair, hair, yeah. And uh, it's like, dude, you're getting a guy that played in Black Sabbath. You're getting a guy that, you know, played in, uh, was it Badlands? Yeah, monster drummer. Yeah, so he's, he's a sick drummer. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Kiss was fun. Um, I don't think I'd pay to see it again at this point. Like, uh, yeah, n- no, nah, I mean, you know, not not unless some something some miracle happens. Yeah, yeah, then I would. <laughs> yeah, but you're not no. gonna go up to L.A. for it. Yeah, you're I'm not, not gonna, gonna go, go f- to farewell again. You're not gonna go to T.J. for no, it no, or no, anything no. like that. But no. uh, it was cool. We had a good time. And uh, I think we need to get to our main event. Main event. ACDC. AC fucking DC. Which is a good good, um, place to... Really, because there's kind of no debate on this one. Out of all the bands who claim to not be heavy metal, Mm. I think ACDC has the best claim. Yeah. Right? Because they're just clearly a loud rock band. Yes. I always think of Ace. Uh, I think of ACDC and Motorhead as like two sides of the same coin, mm-hmm. where they just play loud as fuck rock and roll. Right. Um, where Motorhead is a little, little dirtier, a yes. little rougher, and ACDC is a little tighter. But it's right. still, they're basically both bands are just like a sick as fuck bar band. Right. Yeah, for did, sure. That got to then with ACDC in ACDC's case got to be the like the biggest fucking band in the world for right. a minute there. Yeah, Stadium Rock. And uh, I mean, Motorhead has played stadiums and stuff too, but I, they're not to the extent that ACDC no. was in the eighties. Yeah, no. Um, and ACDC never went back to clubs. No. Yeah. So yeah. that's yeah, that's the thing. I I just think for me that's. 
you know, like you said, it's, you know, they're not what you call a heavy metal band. Right, um, right. But they're, they're in that kind of group of bands that for me, either metal or non-metal, are just mm -hmm. like the fucking fun bands. Oh, for sure. You know, where it's like AC, like we were talking about before, like ACDC, Van Halen, Judas Priest, uh, Queen. Like, those are the bands that like, if... Like, I don't know. I I don't think I've really met someone that's ever been like, fuck ACDC. Like, I fucking yeah. hate ACDC. Right. I know people that, like, that might not be their favorite band in the world or anything. Right. But I almost feel like if you're into, like, heavy rock, they might not be your favorite band. But they might be, like, everyone's, like, fourth or fifth favorite band. Right. <laughs> like, right. They're just, it's just... It's so good and yeah. fun, and it's always impressive how they can make something really basic sound complex at the same time, and it's always just super, super fucking tight and in the pocket. Like, exactly. And there's nothing overly fancy about most of what they're doing. Right. Um, you know, like... They've had multiple drummers at this point, mm -hmm. but it's like when you listen to the drumming, it's always just kind of, you know, kick, snare, kick, yeah. snare. Like, and, and on purpose. That's yeah. the point. And yeah. there's not, you know, there's there's something to be said in not overplaying at For times, sure. too. Like where, you know, where some other one dude might throw in a, a ton of fills, they're not going to. Right. You know, it's just going to be fucking bare bones, mm -hmm. you know. Just fucking, just strip down perfection every time. Right. And uh, that's kind of like for me, ACDC is, that's one of those bands that obviously, being born in 1980, mm -hmm. they just always were there. Oh, yeah. They were like, I cannot pinpoint the first time I heard ACDC. Oh, no. You would have heard it all through your, when you were a kid. Yeah. Like, at least peripherally. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, everybody knew Highway to Hell. Yeah. Um, back in Black, back Dirty in black, Deeds. You know, it's yeah. shit like that. And for me, it was uh, one of those things that, <clears throat> growing up, what's kind of funny, despite the fact that Bon Scott and Brian Johnson sound absolutely fucking nothing alike. Right. It didn't really click to me when I was much younger that that was two fucking different people. Right. It was just like, oh, maybe he just started singing differently yeah. at some point. And then as I got older, I was like, that's... Yeah, like weird. maybe he blew out his voice and now he sounds like this. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, he then it's like later on, it's like, oh, that's clearly two different people. Right. But, um, like, I'm trying to think about, like, what about them sticks out the most for me growing up, um... Obviously, like I said, obviously Highway to Hell. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows the fucking song. It's one of the most legendary guitar licks of all time. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of remember um, WWF used Highway to Hell as their uh, as the theme song to like SummerSlam in like 1999 oh, or something okay. like that. So me and my friends used to joke about how we couldn't we couldn't hear. Highway to Hell anymore without seeing like The Undertaker and Stone Cold Steve Austin walking right. out of flames towards each other for the promos. Yeah. Um, 
I just have like random memories because you know when you're in high school you finally get to cruise with your friends so mm -hmm. it was always on rock 1053 mm -hmm. so we'd be driving around and you know dirty deeds right be on the fucking radio and um everybody fucking jamming out to that and being a san diego padres fan well yeah then you have fucking, a even special more attachment yeah, yeah you have fucking trevor time yeah with back in black with, with hell's bells yeah hell's bells i'm sorry i don't know if you for and anybody listening to this that's not from san diego but yeah our Closer for years was Trevor Hoffman and right. Hell's Bells would play. Right. And that's when we were good. You know, back when we were good. Even when we weren't good. Yeah, it was still a thing. Trevor Time was still a thing. Yeah, and he was going to close it out. Yeah, that meant the Padres managed to fucking have a 3-2 lead. Right. You know. And we're probably going to win. Yeah. yeah. And he, you know, that music played and you fucking knew it was over. Yeah. And uh, up until that it wasn't anymore yeah and you know what's funny about that is I was looking that up today because mm -hmm. I was trying to figure out <clears throat> who came up with that shit first mm -hmm. and there was a dude um, that had named Sparky Lyle mm -hmm. back in the days and for whatever reason when it, when he would come out they would play Pomp and Circumstance that's like the graduation scene. yeah it's Randy Savage yeah so yeah name. so that so that's what he would come out to right mm -hmm. Since then, there there wasn't really anybody doing it. Yeah. Then they did it on Major League yeah, with, with Wild, Wild Thing, and still nobody started doing it. And then the next thing that I can figure, it was Trevor. Yeah. Right? And then Mariano Rivera did Inner Sandman, yeah. and a couple of other people did their other couple of songs. And um, there was a closer a while back... Um, Fucking, uh, the Japanese guy like Fukudome or uh -huh. something like that. That he started using Hell's Bells and he asked Trevor Hoffman for permission oh, wow. to do that. And Trevor's like, Well, it ain't my fucking song, right? Well, it ain't, <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't his idea, yeah, you know. And he's kind of a, a, a church going sort, mm -hmm. so it was kind of off character. Although, to be fair, I think ACDC was the first band that really used hell not really talking about hell yeah. like the devil and hell and like just Sabbath, like yeah. just like going through hell and raising hell that yeah. that was their hell yeah. you know so for as much as people did try to put that you know antichrist like devil child. whatever they were yeah. fuck it was <laughs> that it never fit it wasn't a thing yeah, you know they were, not, they were not a demonic band yeah. they had a fucking they're I mean, most of the songs were about fucking. Exactly. You know? Drinking and fucking. It was drinking and fucking. It was and, bar music. And you had a... And uh, minor crimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. just... And uh, petty larceny. Yeah. Right. And you had a... You know, you had a fucking guitarist dressed like a fucking schoolboy. Yeah. For fuck's sake. Yeah. Um, and you know, the thing is, is that Angus is kind of the one bridge towards heavy metal because yeah. everyone who liked who like heavy metal likes ACDC. Yeah. Pretty much. So you have a bunch of uh, kids who grew up to be heavy metal guitar players, but they had that little Angus Young and Ace Freely and Jimmy Page yeah. and dudes that really weren't heavy metal, but their shit got brought into heavy yeah. metal that way. But distinctly different because I got one for you. I recently tried to learn uh, uh, Angus Young's solo. Okay. Right, to the solo to Hell's Bells. Yeah, 
And I had never done that before because mm-hmm. Angus was never really one of my dudes. Yeah. And so basically it was like, hey, can anybody play this riff? And yeah. I was like, yeah, I can play it. You know, Hell's Bells, yeah, I can play it. No problem, right? And so, and that's one of the things that I learned is don't say yes until you find out what it is, right? <laughs> until you've actually So then it was actually, it. no, actually it's the solos. Yeah. Oh, and it's tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, well, I already said yeah, so I'm going to give it a shot, but yeah, the odds aren't good. Yeah. And in breaking it down, no way. It's a fucking blues solo. It's yeah. not a fucking heavy metal solo or a shredding solo. Yeah. It's a blues solo with like unison bends and double stops and yeah. blues shit that I don't fucking do. So it's <laughs> like, you know, I ended up making an ass of myself, but whatever. Got to tap out on that Yeah, one. but that was one of the things that showed me, I mean, that really cleared it up for me that, mm-hmm. that it wasn't really that fucking closely related. That and um, have you, you ever go to Knott's Berry Farm? No. And Knott's Berry Farm is like they have like a whole big section of it that is basically based on like the West. Yeah. You know, ghost towns and wagon wheels and shit like that. And they play this soundtrack on the on the intercom that you really it takes a second for you to figure it out, mm-hmm. but it's country versions of ACDC songs, <laughs> and they transfer so readily to that to the yeah. form that it's just like fuck that sounds natural yeah because it's based on the same shit so yeah in that sense um acdc is kind of different from any other band that yeah. that that we <clears throat> normally cover yeah know? i mean it's that they have the fact that they were you know metal wasn't a thing yet right for the most part i mean other than sabbath they were all dudes that you know Moved over from fucking Europe, various places, mm-hmm. and ended up in Australia. Mm-hmm. And um, they had all come off of you know all the shit that was going on in the UK, right? In the sixties, right? Where that was you know we watched that uh, little documentary about the Australian rock scene and right. how it was really a bunch of like British implant you mm-hmm. know transplants went to Australia and then they all kind of met each other there because there's a bunch of kids that parents wanted to move to fucking Australia for right. the weather. Right, And they and, didn't know anybody, but they start looking around and finding other people that knew how to play guitar. And Angus and Malcolm Young had like six other brothers and shit and all of them fucking played something. Right. And, you know. And their a, brother George was like the OG of the scene. Yeah. He had been like in a big band and 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 they need they had to do shit down there because like other bands wouldn't go there. Yeah. So if they wanted to see concerts or whatever, they had to have their own shit. Yeah. And that band that George was in, uh, Easy Beats or whatever, they were like the Australia Beatles of Australia, mm-hmm. practically. So yeah, was, so that yeah. dude knew how to do it already. Yeah, they had like they called it like Easy Mania. Yeah. You know, and uh yeah, they're the biggest fucking thing in Australia for a minute and then um when it came time to like when everybody else was starting to change up their sounds, they tried to change theirs up. And, yeah, and blew it. And people were like, Yeah, I don't think we need yeah. this anymore and nobody gave a shit anymore. But his brother and his homie stuck together as a songwriting yeah. duo and they wrote wrote songs for a fuck ton of people. They yep. produced a bunch of shit. And they came up with that, basically they came up with that guitar sound yeah. that would be, it was kind of a heavier sound than was going on anywhere else. Yeah. Really. And and uh, and then that developed into ACDC. Yeah. 
And another thing that ACDC is one of those bands that we don't really, that we kind of think of them as an 80s band, but they're really an early 70s band when yeah. they first started. So they've been around forever. Yeah. You know, and um, and so, so you say you don't remember the first time you heard them. Well, when did you put it together? Okay, this is ACDC. Oh, I was probably in high school. Okay. Um, I think um, it was one of those things that I, they had always been on the peripherals for me. Mm -hmm. And I listened to other classic rock, and I think something, hearing enough of them on the radio made me finally want to dive in more and, like, buy, you know, Back in Black mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. really go from there. Um, so that's probably, I can't remember exactly when. I might have been about 15, 16 or so. Right. Um, and yeah, getting that album and really playing it a lot. Yeah. Cause there ain't a fucking bad tune no. on it. Um, no. I do think it's kind of funny now because at the time you go with what, what you know. So at the time I really was listening mostly to the, you know, Brian Johnson era shit. Right. So it was all about back in black and for those about to rock, mm -hmm. we salute you mm -hmm. and you know, Thunderstruck mm -hmm. and, you know, things like that. And then the older I got, the more I kind of dove into the the Bon Scott era stuff more. And then I was like, yeah, I think, I think this is better. <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. And it's one of those things that it's like nothing against Brian Johnson. I just think, uh, I mean, obviously he was my like number one, like replacement singer when we mm. did that episode. Um, I just think that Bon Scott had more versatility mm -hmm. as a front man mm -hmm. than Brian Johnson did. Cause Brian Johnson's a bit fucking one note. Yeah. It's just that. Yeah. All the time. Right. Um, whereas, you know, Bon Scott, he had like the, the full on, rocker scream voice but then he'd also have like the the weird almost sophisticated thing like with like big balls you know yeah where he's you know talking more than singing right and i can't picture brian johnson singing big balls yeah and and it not being super weird because that's bon scott right there right that's all the whole package of him as a front man mm -hmm. he had he was the, the he was like the selling point of the band mm -hmm. for a lot of people. He's the fucking charisma of the band. Like he just had that swagger about him mm -hmm. that drew eyes towards him. Right. And he's probably one of the most charismatic frontmen of all time. Right. And then fucking his life is tragically cut short and mm -hmm. they got a soldier on. Right. But goddamn, I, it makes you wonder. There's all these, those what if albums, like mm -hmm. when we're talking about, Oh, what could a, what, what would this what, have been you know, like? What the, yeah. what the third Iron Maiden album right. could have been. Right. To me, the one of the ultimate what-ifs is, you know, what would Back in Black have been like had Bon Scott that. still been alive? Because right. they were working on that. You know, it wasn't as laid out, but all the guitar riffs and licks and stuff were already there. Right. They're just waiting for him. Right. And he had in. no problem coming up with shit. Yeah. yeah. They're just waiting for him to come in and come up with vocals and everything else. Right. So. It could have been something. It's, yeah. But, you know, you wonder 
is because I mean the fact of the matter is Back in Black up until Thriller Black and Back in Black was literally the highest selling album of all time. Right. Like. Right. That's fucking like. That's such a crazy thing to wrap your brain around because that's there. Those are there are certain records that are just never going to be broken again because we're not in the album era anymore. Oh yeah, there, there's um, never going to be another Thriller. Yeah. And or Back in Black. Yeah. But it's like when you look at it, it's like number one and two, Thriller and Back in Black. Like Mm -hmm. you would think Thriller, when someone tells you Thriller is the biggest selling album of all time. Makes sense. Makes sense. It's a Mm -hmm. fucking pop album. Mm -hmm. You don't expect just a loud as fuck raw rock album to sell that many units. And you wonder if it was just the, the combination of all the, you know, Fuck it, because, you know, Highway to Hell is a fucking killer album. Right. So they already had that momentum, and you wonder if maybe the curiosity of having a new singer is what pushed Kicked it Kicked it over, you into, know? And into, into even more. You wonder if it had been Bon Scott there, if it would have quite done the same thing. Yeah. Because there wouldn't have been like that, ooh, I wonder what ACDC right. is going to be like now. Right. And you know, and you know, and it, and it, when you put the needle on that record, and you hear that, yeah, and it 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 doesn't take, but thirty seconds for you to be like, oh fuck yeah, yeah, this is awesome, yeah, you know, so yeah, for sure, and you know, and and I think it was like just um, on everybody's uh, lips, you know what I mean? Like, my mom knows who ACDC is. Yeah. She calls them ACDoocy, but she knows who they are, you know? She's heard of it, you know? It's, I used to play ACDoocy with my grandma. Yeah, you know? So there you go. So it's like, it's like, yeah, you know, people know. Um, and it's funny because that's the exact time that, that I became aware of them mm-hmm. is right in that, in that time of, you know, 80, 81, and people are just coming out with all these albums. You know, uh, fucking Ace of Spades is in there. Fucking Back in Black's in there. Fucking uh, Number of the Beast. Yeah. All, all these fucking records that that um, that kicked ass. And um, and it was right during that time when I had just started liking it. You know, yeah. and ACD and uh, Back in Black was that song that I first heard from mm-hmm. them. And I was just like, oh, fuck, yeah, this is awesome. And the thing is, is that there was, during that time, there was, like, only two or three ACDC albums that had been released in the United States. Yeah. Before that, like, the first couple of albums were Australia only, and then Europe, and then here. I would, that's one thing I kind of wish I could get my hands on is the, you know, European, not the the Australian release of their first album. Right. Because what, you know, what became, um, you know, their first international release is kind of a combination of their first two right. ACDC albums, but right. they're different takes also. Yeah. yeah. So there's shit that are, that's on the Australian versions though that like, that are like rarities like right. songs that didn't whatever, for whatever reason didn't make the cut in the international release like mm-hmm. those are these those off ones that people are like oh if you want the real deep cuts you have to listen to the you know 
the the Australian yeah. uh, release of High Voltage. You right, know, right, right. It's got like a ballad on there that, yeah. <laughs> that never yeah. saw the light of day again. Right. Shit like that. So. Right. Yeah, for sure. So so we um, we started liking it right away. And then the, the the next thing that they hit us with was the re-release of Dirty Deeds mm-hmm. because we, it hadn't been released here. Yeah. So we got that the same year as Back in Black a little bit later. Yeah. And like you said, obviously a different guy, right? <clears throat> now, all that shit. You had a lot of... Uh getting into a band and then finding out they had a different singer as <laughs> yeah up. we sure did it was right it was right at that you time that like maiden where you first heard you know uh number of the beast so you get what you pick up killers pick up killers and, and, and you're it like was, what the fuck yeah yeah so it was different you know and and then and like you said we were reading all the magazines you know and all the magazines were saying that you know that what you had said that Bon Scott was this great front man that he had all this charisma mm-hmm. and whatever whatever, whatever. and um, and I was you know I was highly critical of everything at the time and I was like that fucking ugly guy <laughs> fucking got who's dressed this fucking guy yeah you know so whatever 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 but then. Um, because yeah. ACDC not like was, notorious poonhound Brian Johnson right exactly, <laughs> but. Uh, but since ACDC was killing it so hard with Back in Black. It looks like a fraggle. So you know what? That's funny because I got pictures because I took pictures of the dude. The dude who's in the high voltage band. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, he looks just like Brian Johnson. Yeah. Like he looks just like Brian Johnson from back then. Yeah. I got pictures of it. It's funny. But, um, but then since ACDC was killing it, they start releasing everything they could from ACDC. And yeah. one of the things was... Um, the the video of let of let there be rock with yeah. the concert video would start playing in theaters and then that was bon scott yeah and so then we were just like oh okay i get it now yeah you know and some more than others my, my boy lenny was all about fucking bon scott he thought yeah. he was the fucking shit and i was kind of more you know whatever because i i like bon scott shit and and i and i like i liked brian johnson's shit but I, I kind of liked Bon Scott better, but I liked uh, Back in Black and For Those About to Rock better yeah. all, all together. So I did. I wasn't really on a side, you know, yeah. as far as that goes. You liked them both. Yeah, and and uh, and the thing and NACDC was never my favorite, favorite, favorite band. But like you said, top five. Yeah. So yeah, man, I, you know, I dug them. What about concerts? Seen them. What was that? ACDC. You seen I have him? not seen them live. Not seen them. Man, I tell you, uh, one thing that was a trip for me because um, I had seen the, the Let There Be Rock, mm-hmm. but now this is a different band, you yeah. know. But Angus was already off the hook in Let There Be Rock. He was yeah. everywhere. But he certainly took that shit to another level by the time that Brian Johnson joined the band. Yeah. Because now he was on huge stages. And yeah. he had to cover that whole shit, and he did. Yeah. You know? So uh, I saw him a couple of times, but the funny story, I got a funny story for one of them, is that uh, we were at, um, this was probably 93, 92, mm-hmm. 93, 
And uh, I had gotten kicked out of my parents' house for being a crazy uh, drug addict, drunk, good for nothing. And I was staying at this pattern in Cano with a bunch of my boys, right? And uh, I was stealing bottles of booze every day. Uh-huh. Like, that was it was that era. And uh, somebody was just like, hey, man, ACDC's tonight. And I was like, hey, I ain't got no fucking money, no. you know? Uh, well, let's just go hang out. I was like, all right, fuck it. Why not? I'm going to be drunk here. I'm going to be drunk there. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. So we go down there. On the way down there, I nabbed two bottles, right, from different stores, right? So I got two fits of wild turkey inside the pockets of a Levi's mm-hmm. jacket. You know those pockets? Yeah. So um, so we're, we're outside of the fucking thing and whatever, whatever. And um, and we go, and this, this black dude tries to sell us tickets, <laughs> right? And uh, and my friend Frank just snatches the tickets out oh, of his shit. hand, right? But then, but he like he didn't tell any of us he was gonna do this, or he, he didn't have like an escape plan or anything. <laughs> I don't think like I don't think he even thought he could run because this dude would catch him, you yeah. know. And so he just took them and then he just gave them back, you know, <laughs> and whatever. And I was just like, ah, fuck. All right, I guess we're not gonna get in. Whatever, whatever, whatever. So we're just walking up. And uh, in the parking lot, and these dudes, these two youngsters come because we're old already. Yeah. We're like I don't know, we're in our twenties. We're way yeah. into our twenties. And these youngsters come up, and they're like, "Man, we fucking gave our money to this black dude, and he never came back. And so we don't, we don't have no money, and we don't have no tickets, oh, right?" Shit. And I was like, "I wonder if it was the same dude, but you know, maybe not. Whatever." So we're just like, ah, well, here, have a drink, man, fucking whatever, whatever. And and then I just start thinking, you know what, man, we, we didn't get in. We're going <laughs> to fucking get in. Oh, wow, turkey fucking takes over. Right? You're like, we're going to see ACDC guys. Right. So we get in the line, right? And if you know how the sports arena goes, yeah. there you everybody goes into these central two doors. Yeah. But there's doors all along the sides, right? So I'm talking to them. I go, hey, man, when you go in just go to the side and open one of those doors for us, right? And everybody's saying no, yeah. right? But this one Navy dude was just super down. Fuck yeah, I'll do it. Fuck yeah, watch, watch, watch this, you know, whatever, whatever. So we're just like, okay, we'll see. So we kind of creep up. Now that shit's all taped up. Yeah. But at the time it wasn't. So we were, so we get to the side right there. And uh, sure enough, he uh, walks in, he walks to the side, Pulls a cigarette out, puts it in his mouth, opens the door, and we just run in. Yeah. This is me, four other fools, and those two kids that got ripped <laughs> off of the tickets. Yeah. And we just bolt in, and it was it was um, right as ACDC just started. Oh, nice. So we just busted through the the, the lobby area, you know, the, where everybody mm-hmm. walks through, went straight in and straight into the seats. Yeah, and boom, we made it in, and it was thunderstruck. Well, yeah. as we came in, it's like ah. So, I'm not sure if that was the first time that I saw them, but it <laughs> the was most memorable. Yeah, it was the most memorable. It was epic, you know. And uh, yeah, man, and and that was like fucking Angus. Just I mean, Angus is Angus is probably the number one guy. That any band in the world could not go on without. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's no fucking way that you could 
you know, other bands you might think, well, who's the most indispensable one? I mean, yeah. Metallica without Hitfield probably wouldn't fly. Yeah. Um, but he, Angus is like, Angus is ACDC. Yeah. For all, you know, really. For, I mean, for visually. What's yeah. interesting is Malcolm is the one that kind of wrote most of the shit and was more, more the driving force, but Angus is the fucking guy running around the stage right. and and on the covers and you know fucking riding on people's shoulders and all that shit yeah like he's kind of the mascot that also plays the shit out of guitar for sure for sure and that and and uh like i was saying earlier his his fucking style is so hard to play man i mean because it's like it's normal blues shit yeah but at way faster yeah way faster and way more uh frantic you know uh way more all over the neck yeah it's it's uh it's a it's his own style nobody else plays like that yeah that's what i was saying man that's that whole thing where it's like something that can seem simple is like really fucking complex mm -hmm. with, with them and uh yeah he's not like a a shreddy guy like you know yeah you would expect but a lot of these shreddy guys not to like downplay it they all have tricks and, oh know, yeah for sure there's tricks you you know there's shortcuts and right. tricks and you're doing all this shit and he's doing it for the most part almost clean yeah you know, it's, very clean it's by comparison like, yeah it's kind of like how we talked about a while like a long time ago i think i asked you what your thought on the solo of freebird yeah is and you said it's fucking amazing because yeah. there's no fucking tricks right it's like it's that complex and that all over the place and that insane and there's no gimmicks to yeah it. yeah it's there is. straightforward yep no effects really no fucking even whammy bar, nothing. Yeah. Just, you know, no tapping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure, man. Yeah. The fucking Angus Young was a fucking monster. And Malcolm with with the I mean, see that's another thing too. Very few heavy metal bands or hard rock bands play full chords like that. Mm -hmm. da, da, da. Mm -hmm. It sounds different, man. I mean, you know, it really does sound different. And when you have somebody as solid as Malcolm it, he's he gives you the freedom to do for Angus to do yeah. whatever he wants because everything back there is rock solid yeah. and the bass is just like doom, 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 you know but whatever yeah, but I it's think, still there too I think we had mentioned I think you had said something about this before I think it was you where you said like the uh, the easiest job in the world is bass player for ACDC oh yeah like, it's pretty easy I couldn't tell you who played bass in any given album for yeah ACDC, nah honestly because it's kind of I. I don't like to downplay bass players, but it's really not fucking that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah, in, in, in certain bands, I mean, like you say, it, in those type of bands, it's about being tight, yeah. you know? And, and yeah, bass player definitely helps with the tightness, but you're not going to necessarily know Cliff Williams from Mark Evans or, yeah. you know, whatever it is. You're not, you know, not really. It's yeah. not uh, that fucking outstanding. Whereas... Um, I know that uh, that they went on tour with the younger brother or they or cousin or mm -hmm. something playing for Malcolm. Mm -hmm. I remember that. Yeah. But they had they haven't recorded anything without Malcolm, have they? No. Yeah, I don't uh, think so. It's you know what uh, this uh, their last one, Rocker Bust, was recorded without Angus. It's without uh, Malcolm. Uh, yeah, without Malcolm. It's okay. uh, Stevie Young. So yeah. It's the uh, the younger, younger. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, there you go. So, you, so I'll have to go back and listen to that 
and and try to see what the differences are. Yeah, it's you, all right. I've listened to it. It it charted really well, but there wasn't anything on it that made me like get blown away. That it's like, I feel like a lot of bands like ACDC and shit like that that they re, they'll release like a later 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 album like. Black Sabbath did with 13 mm-hmm. and then like when Heaven and Hell did their Bible Black where mm-hmm. you listen to it and you go like oh overall this is a solid album right but there's nothing that just fucking jumps out and right. grabs you like some of the classic yeah nothing and it magical could, and it could be just because you get that point in your life where you know, you don't get that much of a shit about new stuff yeah <laughs> you know you that, have your stuff you liked from back in the day but, I think um, for me that was the razor's edge. It was where you kind of nineteen ninety. So after that, yeah, I don't really know those those other ones that much. We had uh, I remember buying stiff upper lip, right, and going like, eh, yeah. There's a couple of songs on there that were cool, but it wasn't like a badass album. And I think that came out in like ninety nine or two thousand or something, but, right. You know, right now that's one of those. That's one of those where you, uh, you like, think that's also a component of which version is better because, like, Bon Scott never did no irrelevant shit. Yeah, you know, but then again, you don't know if he would have become irrelevant over time. Yeah, or you seem to think that he would never write anything stupid. Yeah, you know, but how do you know? <laughs> yeah, know. you don't, and that's yeah. that's the that is the fucking blessing, the you know the blessing that comes with dying young. Yeah, is you die before you're on any bullshit. Yeah, you know, so everybody is like, you're a fucking legend. You're forever. You're that age forever. Right. You know. Right. Everybody else in the band gets old, but you know, Cliff Burton's always going to be 25 or how mm-hmm. old he was when he died. You know. Yeah. Um. So you don't see them get old and lose their voice and shit mm-hmm. like that you know you know mm-hmm. very few people like Dio had it mostly by the end his mm-hmm. voice but he still lost a couple there. sure but he learned he knew how to work around it right he didn't and, waste notes like by warming up and shit yeah <laughs> but you you know you just see uh, well he yeah he never warmed nope, up that's nope. uh, Eddie Trunk was talking about that and yeah. he was like aren't you supposed to be warming up you yeah. know because he was hanging out with him backstage one time yeah Eddie Trunk also likes to talk about how he hangs out with rock stars a lot yeah which is cool you it's, know you know it's funny reading the comments when you watch a Thing of him on YouTube and everybody's like, oh, did he talk about how he's best friend with so-and-so in this band on this episode? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But not to get too, you know, off there, but it's funny because Eddie, though, he was talking about uh, back to the fake ace shit. Mm-hmm. He talks about, uh, I was listening to an interview where he's talking about for the millionth time why he doesn't like it. And mm-hmm. he just said, well, imagine if Angus Young died or left the band and they dressed someone else up as the schoolboy to keep ACDC going. Mm -hmm. He's like, how bullshit would that be? Right. That would be super lame. (laughs) It'd be interesting because that's that's a complete impossibility at this point because he's the only original member left. Right. It'd be, you know, if he dies, that's it. ACDC's done. Right. You know what's funny is that um, Eddie Trunk, like, Eddie Trunk figured out something as a kid that it took me fucking endless time to figure mm-hmm. out. And that's that these dudes are just dudes. 
Yeah. You know, like I figured that out mostly because, I mean, I met a lot of famous dudes in the 80s, but they were still unreal to me. Yeah. They weren't fucking, you know, they weren't ever going to come to my house. Yeah. You know, but Eddie Trunk figured out that, you know, if he just like said, hey, you know what? I'm a fucking, I'm a fake little reporter and mm -hmm. I, I just, I want to interview you. Can I interview you for my magazine or yeah. whatever that sometimes they would say, yeah, you yeah. know, cause fuck it, you know, why not? You know? So he got like dirt pictures of, um, Eddie Trunk when he's like, I don't know, 15, 16, yeah. whatever. And like Peter Chris is at his house. Yeah. You know, so it's like, yeah, man. I mean, they lived in New York or New Jersey or whatever, you know. And so they had proximity and he would be out there and just like. So what you're saying is we need to stock Ace freely until he agrees for, to do our podcast. Well, you know, it's funny because somebody was uh, was just telling me, hey, uh, that they think they know where he lives. Uh-huh. And I was like, do I really want to fucking get, you know, because, I mean, I already know, like, where Rob Halford, like, goes and gets his coffee yeah. and shit at. Do I really want, you know, fucking, uh, what if Ace is a dick? Yeah. I don't really want Ace to be a dick at this point. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's one of those things where on one hand it'd be sick if you could like be like, hey, can we interview you yeah. for our podcast? It'd be a whole other thing. Yeah, it'd be like, like uh, fuck we have, your shitty podcast. Yeah, we have to talk about the time that Ace freely punched you in the eye. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And you, you know, uh, somebody was saying it's that. Like, yeah, uh, Castleberry pushed me in the way, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, just the other day somebody was saying that, uh, that Ace um, has really big demands for uh -huh. like. Uh, like he was supposed to play a Ramona, because uh -huh. that's where we were the other night at Ramona. We went and saw Uli, and uh, some guy was like, "Yeah, man, he wanted like ten thousand dollars to play here." Yeah, you know, and like he wanted, he didn't care what how many tickets were sold or whatever. It's like take it or leave it, you know. And I was like, "Well, yeah, I mean, you know, he's Ace Freely, yeah. you know, that's, you could probably sell enough tickets to cover that." Yeah, you'd think, but um, yeah, so. Yeah, nah. I, you know, it'll be one of those things where uh, if I see him, I see him, and I'll say what's up. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we might have a better chance with uh, Rob Halford. But. You know, maybe. Maybe so, because he, I mean, he's the fucking metal god. Yeah. You know I mean? He's like, and that's one of the things that, that uh, I, I don't know, it's, I feel like it'd be like, Cassidy, go out there and say you'll suck his dick or something. Yeah, shit. for sure. You go, hey, how'd you, how'd He'll you be like, him? I'll pass on the blowjob, but I'll do the podcast. Yeah. Win-win for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I might take a stub job later. Yeah. Man, oh, but. shit. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, man. That's, you know, you have high hopes because there's the, the scant few rock stars that live around San Diego. That's our fucking options are that or fucking getting in a fight with Dave Mustaine. Like, right. Is I, Dave Mustaine San Diego too? Yeah. No, I didn't know that. I don't think, I don't think we could fucking, I, I don't, I think Dave Mustaine's so fucking standoffish that it would be oh, like, yeah. Dave, we do our podcast. And yeah. he'd be like, yo, fuck your podcast. Huh. You little faggots. Yeah. We find, that's when we find out that that's a wig. Yeah, it's, and he <laughs> really looks like the guy from fucking uh, uh, Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> <laughs> Just some weird shit goes on. It's like, yeah, we got a brawl with Dave Mustaine on accident. We asked him. That would blow us up, actually. Yeah, I'm down. We, uh, <laughs> you know, we asked him to do our podcast, and one of us was wearing a Metallica shirt, and he fucking started swinging immediately. Oh yeah, that was it. But uh, 
uh, <laughs> yeah, we got uh, sidetracked. Uh, Talk yeah. about uh, how we there's not many rock stars we have a chance to encounter. Right. Encounter. Um, well, actually, this is probably a good because this is going to be a two parter. Yeah, it is. So this is probably a good place to end the first one. All right. And then we'll be back with part two on the next one, even though we're going to do it right now. Yeah, we're just so bring, to the next one. This big frog, Mike Castleberry, and we're out. Yeah.